Hi, and welcome to the Reclamation Project podcast. Before we start the episode this week, I wanted to throw out a little note. Um, this week, Gary and I had trouble getting together um, at one particular place at one particular time. So instead of canceling this week's episode or uh, re- recording at a different time, what we decided to do was try something a little different. And that's what you're about to hear. And that is that I set up a makeshift recording studio at my house and had Gary call in. And so he's on the phone. I'm on a microphone. It's a little bit harder to edit. Uh, it's a little bit harder to record, but I think it is pretty good. And we really wanted to get this episode out to you guys right away. So that's why we did it. So there's nothing wrong with your earphones. This isn't something that we plan on doing in the future all the time, but we may do it from time to time when we can't get together. But nonetheless, we wanted uh, you guys to hear this and we hope that you enjoy it. And without further ado, here's this week's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Reclamation Project Podcast. We're so glad that you're here, that you're listening, and hopefully that you are a part of the conversation. If you listened last week, we had a conversation with my buddy Robbie, and we talked about having confidence and faith. And through all of that and through all the things that we talked through, um, one of the things that we found at the end is we talked about how we can sometimes feel bound. We can sometimes have things that bind us. And uh, there is freedom in God, yet we continue to see uh, that binding nature come along. And so that's what we said we're going to talk about this this week. So that is what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the things that bind us, the things that hinder us, the things that weigh us down, and the things that keep us from becoming the people that God made us to be, that keep us from doing the things that God wants us to do. And so that's what we're going to be talking through this week. But I think maybe the first place to start is just to talk about those things that bind us and define those things that bind us and really look at those things that we let control us and keep us from what God ultimately has for us. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, uh, met with a young lady today and I, and I, forgetting that what our subject matter was going to be about today i told her she is bound by her story so she tells me a story of uh, her being a failure and and how she looks down upon herself and i'm not good enough and uh, i had to keep reminding her the only thing that's binding her is the story those things that she referenced back years ago um, I said, there's nothing the same about you today as you sit here with me. Not a cell in your body is the same. Not a hair on your head is the same. The only thing that's the same about you is this story you tell. So I think a lot of times our story, whether either we've concocted or people have concocted it for us, uh, our story is the major thing that binds us. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of things within our story that can continue to bind us, can continue to hinder us, can continue to uh, seep in when we think it's completely gone. I mean, there's there's things that trigger, right? There's things that yeah. that happen yeah. in our lives that can trigger us into the mindset that we um, are not able to get past a point because of something that happened in our story. We, we also continue to um, be told within ourselves or, or, or whispered from the enemy, I believe, 
that our that these things that we've done we are no longer worthy of yeah. being able to do the things that God wants us to do because of our story. So I think it's important that we identify some of those things, some of those things that that hinder us, some of those things that continue to be whispered in our ear that that, that tell us that we're not worthy, that yeah. tell us that we're not being able to be used, but that, that tell us that our story isn't good enough for God. You know, sometimes it's just uh, the family of origin whenever we do uh, new clients, we do a family of origin to kind of figure out where they're from. And so, it, you know, if, if mom and dad were alcoholics, you're kind of predisposed to be an alcoholic. Uh, so you have a potential binding there that obviously you don't have to give into or, or just the negative. If you grew up in a negative family situation, uh, loud, obnoxious or judgmental, all those things. Uh, and why you think you shook them off some of those family of origins stick around. And, and I, I love the word you use triggers. Um, they may not feel like they're with us all the time, but it only takes one thing to trigger them. And then this feeling of, of being bound by old things just comes rushing in. And it's, it's scary because sometimes we think we finally, you know, you went to church Sunday and heard a great sermon and, and you sit there and you, then you're, seat you talk to god and you're like i am free and that was sunday and then the triggers happened tuesday and like for crying out loud where did that come from you know and that's why in galatians uh five he said it's for freedom that christ set us free which is, sounds like an, you know what are you repeating yourself for silly it's for freedom that he set us free and he said so he said stand firm don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery which that verse reminded me of a story you were just telling me off the air about um, uh, listening to a, a podcast from the old church you were. Why don't you share that? I think that was good because it, it really fits this verse about don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Sounds like I have a choice. Yeah, so I was watching a clip from uh, the church that I went to in Texas, uh, Northwood uh, Church in Keller, Texas, and uh, it was my old pastor, Bob Roberts. And he was talking um, about the first Adam. And he said, through the first Adam, um, you know, that's where sin came in. And with sin came death because the wages of sin are death, as Roman tells us, Romans tells us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so those two things were bound together, sin and death. But when the second Adam, who is Christ, comes and he overcomes death and he has victory over death, and he has victory over sin. Those things are no longer things that bind us. We are then set free and, yep. we, and we are forever not bound to those things. But sometimes we feel for some reason, one, one reason or another, that that binding is still there, that those, the, that, that sin still has control, that that death mm-hmm. still has control. And, and we don't, we give it so much power over our lives um, yeah. instead of letting Christ's power overtake those things in our lives yeah and so from uh from christ's vantage point he's letting us know we're free but in that moment of that trigger we feel locked up or that person chapter five of galatians says that yoke of slavery it's a false yoke you know i think that's what we're trying to say it's a false yoke it was it might have once been a real one but today it's a false one and and it's one thing to be bound uh, by something real and tangible but when we find ourselves bound by things that we actually have control uh, of um, 
that that's depressing when we see people in that state of mind and it yeah it is i mean and, and that, that's where i've felt bound in in the past is is just by the things that i've done by the the person that i was by the things that i said even you know we we mm-hmm. had a, a huge podcast about regrets and that's where a lot of those regrets come from too you know it's not only the wanting to go back in time for me uh which is still a dream it's it's the concept <laughs> that um, I think back about conversations and I'm, I'm like, man, I totally, I was a jerk there. Uh, yeah. What's that person think of me now? You know? And, and then I start thinking about the current conversation, conversations I'm having and saying, uh, am I being a jerk in this current present time period? You know, and I'm mm-hmm. just not realizing it. Same thing happens with actions. You know, I, I'm, I'm bound by the actions and I think about the way that I treated people and I think about the way that I'm treating people now. And so I, I constantly am in this uh, uh, spirit of of just reflection, I guess it is, mm-hmm. and um, and I feel bad about who I was, and I feel bad about who I am, and all those things really kind of trigger me into a, a kind of a, a paralysis of yeah. not being able to be who I should be because I'm so concerned about who I was or who I am that I don't look to the future of what I can be because of that. And I think maybe people go through that too, is they're constantly looking at the regret. They're constantly looking at, you know, um, walking on eggshells as they're working through that regret. And because of all that, they, they aren't able to see the fullness of what they can do. Right. And that's that what he was saying. So uh... I, I then walk across the room or you then walk across the room and pick up that yoke of slavery and I strap it on. And sometimes when you're there, you think it's hopeless and I can't shake this. Uh, working with working with guys that have issues with pornography, they just, you know, it's a yoke that they think that it's their, their lot in life now to, to do this when they actually have freedom from that. And uh, man, I don't think there's anything more binding than the, a false sense of slavery uh, that feels real in the moment. And yeah. when you're when you're thinking about those things, it, it, those triggers feel real because um, emotions are funny. They're they're timeless. They're way back there when it happened, and when you when they get triggered, they feel as fresh as if they just happened. And that, and it kind of messes with our brain a little bit. Well, and I think that's as we've as we've spoken about in previous podcasts. You know, there, there's the verse there says, "Put to death your yeah. sin, put to death for yeah. your sinful nature, put to death all these different things." And, and Paul lists off a huge amount of things. You know, um, just the way you think, the way that you do things, put those things to death. But the problem is, is and I remember hearing this at a conference in Chicago somewhere around ten, almost fifteen years ago, but they said you put to death those things so you bury them right mm-hmm. but the problem is is you let those things creep up out of the grave yeah and you let those things come back at you and the the devil uses those things to whisper in your ear who you were and what you've done and yeah you know what you were about and he continues to to whisper those things to where you bring those things back to life in in your life and then all of a sudden they they have new life in you and they begin yeah. to rule your life again. 
it's like uh that's why i'm not a horror movie guy i don't like them my wife does and uh, one thing that's consistent in every horror movie or every like really kind of like a psychotic drama movie like so you finally kill the the guy and you take a deep breath and as you walk away his arm comes up and grabs your leg you know like they're ne- you know they're never dead because this is a b horror movie they're never dead and that's kind of like like some of these bindings that we're talking about um we we need to we need to expect that to happen because really the only the only tool satan has against us is those whispers you talked about of lies and uh that's why even chapter one of galatians he said who's who's already beguiled you i mean how could you be catch on how could you be exposed to the truth and all of a sudden buy the lie right now i think we're all guilty of that and uh whatever trigger and, and i think at this point we could we could probably spend two podcasts being specific specific about certain things uh whether it's porn whether it's lying where it's gossip i mean we could go through the whole plethora of that but the, i think the common denominator is we're free from them and yet we allow ourselves to be uh, burdened and enslaved by them and i think that that's got to be the if we were going to rank them i would think that's got to be the number one binding that most believers go through so I'm thinking of a second one as you were talking, and it's like on the other extreme. What can really bind us? Uh, so a little bit down the chapter of Galatians 5, he said, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. And I think in this uh, grace movement that we've had over the last six, seven years, again, I think a binding could be the arrogance of our freedom. I mean, that's part of the when we do get our series on the church and state of the union of the church and all that we we're going to talk about that and i there's nothing more obnoxious than someone who uses their freedom to rub it in your face and i think that the uh what's the word i'm trying to think of the the acknowledgement of that i'm free can can be something that binds me too if i if i use it in the wrong capacity does that make sense yeah, I think so. I mean, let's expand on that a little bit, though, because, I mean, it, for me, when I hear that, my mind goes a hundred different places, but maybe I'm not <laughs> thinking the same things as you are. So so what exactly, like, give me a scenario where you see that happening. Well, like, well I think I think the Bible's clear, too, about setting some parameters and boundaries there. So in other words, uh, uh, you see that with people who are uh, expressing their freedom, you know, and uh, I have the freedom to drink and to chew and uh, and to do all these things but i'm around someone weak and then uh i think that's why the bible is pretty clear about the word stumble stumbling block not to be that but we could take our freedom and use it as a weapon that somebody who's not at that place you know and it, it could come out in, like in judgmentalism it could come out in you know arrogance and pride and we've covered all three of those that previous podcast but i think when we use our freedom as a way to lift ourselves above others we've ruined that freedom because we've been called to serve those people i mean we we've all experienced that in church a little bit i think if we haven't even been the the people who have uh done that to others you know and i, I remember a deacon well, I guess he's an ex-deacon now of a church, and he really experienced this grace movement, and and then he just he thought it was fun to you know to swear at all his deacons' meetings and telling everyone he has the freedom to do that, which his freedom led him to be an ex-deacon. <laughs> so you can re- you can wield your freedom around, but if it's uh, 
if you're using the freedom instead of letting the freedom flow through you, I think your freedom becomes a binding. Yeah. Well, Did kind of, that help clarify a little bit? Yeah, it's kind of like when Paul says, you know, all things are permissible. Yes. But not all things are beneficial. So hey, through freedom, I'm allowed to do all of these things. I'm allowed Absolutely. to do whatever, you know, it c- comes to mind. However, it's not all beneficial. It's not going to benefit me. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit, you know, my brothers and sisters. So why do it then? Just yeah. because I can? Well, that doesn't make sense. Why do it just because I can? It's not It's not something that's going to build up. It's not something that's going to grow me. It's not something that's going to help others out. So why do it? I don't need yeah. to. And then when I do that, with some, when my freedom becomes someone else's slavery, then, then I'm not using, uh, I'm not living in the freedom enough. Uh, so you're right. That, and that's a great verse. I think it's first Corinthians somewhere where he says, I'm, you know, I can do it all, but it's not, sometimes it's not wise. Uh, and certainly not wise when I use my freedom to Lord over someone else. And I, I think, so as we talk about binding, that's the opposite side. And that's the polar opposite of the first one we talked about. But I think uh, a miss, I guess that's a better term. A misuse of our freedom could also be a binding. Well, and with that, you know, one of the things that we hear is, well, I'm free, I'm forgiven, Mm -hmm. so therefore Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And that's a different type of abuse of freedom because now you think, okay, I can, I can sin, I can do all these things because I'm forgiven, you know, and that's exactly what Paul says as well is, you, you know, you're just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you should continue to sin and let grace abound. But right. instead, you should do the things that are that you know are righteous, that you know yeah. are right. Um, and, and yet, some people, you know, take that freedom and exasperate it to where it is now something that I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm kind of using as a crutch while I do whatever I want to do. Yeah, and and I think that is repulsive. I mean, when we're in a, a funky state. Uh, and again, I, I'm looking forward to when we do our series on the church, but white people are kind of walking away from the institution. They're not necessarily walking away from their faith, but a lot of times they walk away from the institution because of the the people in the institution. <laughs> you know, that's that same kind of uh, freedom and arrogance that uh, gives them positions of importance in the church, you know, and uh, so I, as if my freedom as a pastor is any greater than the freedom of the, the nursery worker, you know, and, and I think, right. Sometimes at that point, our freedom misused and misappropriated uh, really binds us through, through the two we just talked about a couple of weeks ago through pride and uh, arrogance. I think therefore our, our freedom becomes something that binds us. Sad. That's really sad. It is. And, well, and I think contrary to what we just said, I think that um, there are people that look down on other Christians because of their freedom, of their freedom to not, not be. I mean, this is where legalism po- pops in quite a bit, right? Yeah. Is yeah. You know what? Oh, I remember hearing at uh, at church one time is oh you shouldn't go to a club because you know what happens at clubs. Um, yeah, I can go and I can dance and I can be okay with it. I can go and I can hang out with people and I can be okay with it. I'm not doing anything wrong when I do that. Um, but you better not do it because, uh, the, the stigma that, that it brings. And I, you know, one of the things I had to check in in myself was 
am I being a stumbling block, block to anyone? No, I'm not flaunting that I'm going to a club. I'm not correct doing yeah. it, doing, you know, telling everyone, Hey, I'm going to a club. Look at me. You know, it, it's, or taking someone with you who has a conviction not to, if you yes. force them to go, then that becomes a stumbling block. Yeah. And it was, I'm going to the club. I'm going to dance. I'm going to hang out with some friends and, uh, I'm, you know, it's, it, I'm not getting drunk. I'm not going home wasted. I'm not doing any of these things. I'm just going and I'm hanging out. And yet the legalism was that you shouldn't do that because of the way that it looks. And I yeah. just, I, I really had a hard time with that, you know, and, and I had a hard time with hearing that. And I still have a hard time with hearing that um, because I, I, I think that sometimes we can say, okay, you know what, you, your, your freedom isn't there. You know, your freedom isn't, um, isn't. I guess you're not able to do that because you're free. You're able to, do, you're not able to do that because of who Christ is. Right. Um, they're still instead bound you by need, re- religion yeah, at you that need, point. Yeah. You need to be bound by these laws because of the way that it might look if someone hears about it rather than being proactive and yeah. saying, I'm not, yeah. I'm not telling people about it because I don't want to be that stumbling block. I mean, I remember when they'd say something like, well, you know, if you go to that club, you take Jesus there with you. Like, well, what did what did they say to Jesus when he went over to the tax collector's house? Jesus, if you go there, you're taking Jesus with you. Yes, I know that. You know, that's how he got the reputation of being a glutton, a drunkard and a friend of sinners, because I think that's where he hung out with them. And 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 so if Christ is our example and he is, um, I can be. I mean, that would fit one of our, I could be bound by other people's opinions, Yeah, you know? You can't go to bars because, you know, that, that's what, you know, that that's something that is uh, against what the Bible says. That's, I always used to hear that too. And it's just like, you you know, the thing is, is that being in a bar, if someone were to see you in a bar, then what are they doing in the bar? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. they're just cool as you are. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. I, I think you said in a previous podcast is if, you know, someone who was sitting outside and saw one of the college students that you had going into a yeah. adult bookstore, you're like, yeah. well, why are you sitting outside of an adult bookstore? You know, yeah, that's the, that's the bigger question. So I think <laughs> with that is our, our freedom does set us free. It doesn't excuse our behavior, correct? but it does allow point, us the, ability to do things and not be bound by legalism at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that freedom does is that when I do screw up, I don't go back to zero. You know, I still have, um, I, I have a f- couple of friends that we do some actually deep, deep texts, you know, where we, somebody will bring up a point and gosh, it's, it's really good. And he was talking about when, uh, Christ was on the cross and he said, Father, Father, forsake me. Uh, you, uh, why have you forsaken me? At that point, he's filled with shame. What we do, like the first Adam that you mentioned, that when he sinned, his shame caused him to run for God. But when Jesus took on the shame of us, he went to God. And I'm like, what a great example. And so that's what freedom does. It gives me the, the the thought that now that I've screwed up, I, I, I can go straight to him, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't have to go to a booth and sit across a, a bald priest and have them give me five hail marys, you know. And I can go. That freedom allows me continued access to him. And uh, wow, this is good. We should probably pass an offering play around. This is almost. <laughs> this is not bad. <laughs> well, well, let me go back to the point that that I just made. Is well, you're able to go to bars. You're able to go to clubs. You're able to go to these things with the freedom that you have when 
if you do mess up, like you just said, you have the freedom to go to, to run to God. But I think the other thing to be, to be understood too, is if you continue to mess up, then you need to get away from the bar, the club, correct, or, you know, wherever you may, you, you may be having that stumble of yourself. Um, your freedom allows you to still go there, but you have to be smart about what you're doing while you're there. You know, it's like if Jesus hung around with drunkards and prostitutes and, and was doing the same thing as drunkards and prostitutes, then yes, he would. Yes. You know, he he wouldn't be exercising his freedom. He'd be, you know, engaged in sin. And, And so in the same way we can exercise our freedom, we can go to those places, but at the same time we need to, keep ourselves um keep ourselves from falling into those temptations from falling into the things that are going to bind us again the world will look at that and they probably use the terminology common sense so if i if i was saved from an alcohol problem i probably shouldn't be going to a bar you know even though i have the freedom to but in, in the christian terminology we would call that being led by the spirit uh the spirit whispers to us yet while you have the freedom that's not wise gary and in fact the you know i think the new testament for those believers is is even more not so much about right or wrong but about wise or unwise and so even that takes away some of the some of the shame you know i did something that's unwise um so that does take a common sense or being led by the spirit to, to keep me from those places. But, and for those fundamentals that are listening, uh, you know, we, we know Jesus was without sin. And uh, just in case you didn't catch Jeremy's tagline on that, that we know he was. Uh, and so while he was still our example, he can understand how we get bound by certain things while, while not being bound himself. And that should be hope for us. Well, and even with Jesus, you could say, you know what? You shouldn't be hanging out in the desert by yourself. You might get tempted, Yeah, you know, but he yeah. went out for 40 days and he was tempted and he understands what we went, what we go through when we're tempted, right? Because he was tempted with all of the necessary um, needs yep. that we have in our lives, bag. right? Yep. F- from, Correct. from food to power, to, to water, to all the above, you know, all those things were said that I will give them to you if you just do this. And and Jesus mm-hmm. withstood that. He was out there doing what maybe normal people shouldn't do is go out in the desert for 40 days, right? But yeah. he got through it. And in the same way, you know what, we can, we can go to these things and we have the power and the ability to get, you know, to get through a night at a club or a bar or whatnot. Um, but the, and we'll, we might get tempted, but we have to have the power to get through it and to, to, to get past it. Right. So, um, uh, so with that definition, I, and I really like what you said, then with that, are we really bound or, or are we not, uh, we, we might give in, but we're, are we really bound are we, as we're talking? About, so it, it, if I, I guess what I'm trying to say is binding is really our lack of uh, maturity as opposed to uh, Satan having a hold on us. Cause he is, we said at the very beginning of this, but Jesus died and to get rid of that. So I think, I think what we're calling being bound is just a lack of, you know, maturity and, and 
living by the spirit of God, as opposed to Satan having that much control. Cause it sounds really sinister. You know, we're bound by Satan. Well, yeah, we're not, we're bound by some of our immaturity and we're bound by our lack of spirit, you know, driven lot living as opposed you, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I would say, I don't think we're, we're bound by Satan. I think he reminds us of things like, for instance, he reminds us of our past. Yes. He reminds us of our transgressions. He reminds yes. us of maybe our family trauma or our family history. Yeah, or, true. Or um, he reminds us of our insecurities. He reminds us of the things that that are negative in our lives so that we can feel unworthy. Mm-hmm. So it's not he that binds us. It's he that reminds us. And then through that, we bind ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and I think that's where the bondage comes, because we, when we feel unworthy, when we feel unable, we have basically put the handcuffs on ourselves. Yeah, and, and we don't, you know, that takes. We we always run away from uh, re- personal responsibility. It's it's. Remember, well, I'm going to date myself here, but back in the '70s, there was a comedian named Flip Wilson who made a comic called "The Devil Made Me Do It." Yeah. It was all, it was funny back then, but it's so much easier to say that because that that way I don't have to take personal responsibility. But what we're saying here is, in light of the freedom that we do have, our binding is us giving airtime to the whispers and the lies. It's not the actual. Uh, power of the enemy it's the power we it's the space we give him is that what i hear us saying yeah and i think with that the kind of in in a way this is true as well is and i think this is where the freedom comes is that god has given us dominion over everything we see yeah yeah right so why do we let it bind us why do we let it Why do we let it take hold of our hearts? Why do we let it take hold of our beings? Why do we let it, why do we let it put the shackles back on? uh, I think you already explained it when you talked to, I think we listen to the lie of what, what the lie says. And so Jesus being tempted, he didn't listen to one lie. Hey, eat this or you're going to starve, jump off the mountain. And he didn't listen to one lie. And I think we, we buy the lies of the whisper sometimes. Yeah. He, he knew he knew that he wouldn't starve. He knew that he would be taken Correct. care of by God. He knew that he was going to make it through. He knew that he didn't need the power that was going to be given to him because of the power that he knew beyond that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so with that, he knew that he had, um, you know, God on his side, that he knew that he had dominion over things. He knew that he had the ability. And I think those are things that we forget in the midst of being um being told the lies and and that's kind of happened i mean we both grew up kind of in churches like this not to say i mean and i think that's the way church was and where you go to church and then you'd hear about all the bad things you did and then you know at the end they throw in a couple positive verses instead of reminding us that a we have dominion and b we don't have to listen to that we the there were it's never profitable for a guy to stand on stage and tell you how bad you should feel about how bad you already feel. And sometimes that would be our church experience. Maybe we just need to be reminded that we are free and uh, don't have to listen and uh, all of that. And, and when that, that would happen, when that started to happen, people say, Oh, easy grace, yeah. <laughs> you know, those are the terms. And, 
No, it's really not easy because obviously we're we're both believers. We've both been in ministry. We're still talking about what it's like to be bound. So it's it, it's not that easy. Uh, but I think we've yeah we've shifted courses in, in the culture that we are right now, and I just think we need to get back to some of those basics that I am free. Stop living with a yoke of slavery. Well, I think that's why the Bible says continually that we're supposed to encourage one another, that we're supposed to lift one another up, that we're supposed to pray for one another, that we're supposed yeah. to, you know, put each other on pedestals above ourselves. Yeah. It's because we need that in the midst of all the, for lack of a better term, the shaming that we feel when we are told the lies. Yeah. Right. And yeah. We're not only told the lies by the enemy, we're told the lies by the world too. You know, the world continues to tell us who we are. The, the world yeah. continue, continues to look at us poorly. I was talking to a friend and he said, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin in America anymore because I'm conservative, because I'm white, because I am all these things that are being shamed constantly on social media. You know, I, I, I'm affluent, you know, and yet I feel like I am the the scum of the earth right now because of what the world is telling me about myself. And he's like, I don't wow. feel comfortable right now in, in my own skin and in America because wow. of this. Yeah. And, and because of that, he, he said, I, I, I just don't know who I am right now. And I think that's wow. exactly how a lot of people feel is because of the, what the world tells us about ourselves because of our religious affiliation, because of our political affiliation, because of our, you know, our, our race, our heredity, um, whatever it may yeah. be, um, yeah. because of what we've done, because of what we've said, all of a sudden we feel like we're not comfortable in who we are. We don't feel like we measure up at all. And I yeah. think that's one of the biggest lies that the world's telling us right now. And it's not just the white American conservative. It's it's the African American in Baltimore who's being told that they live in yeah. a crappy place. You know, it's the... It, it, it's the um, you know, it's the liberal, it's the Democrat, uh, sorry, it's the liberal, it's the conservative, it's the Democratic, it's the Republican, it's the independent. Yeah. We all are being told things about ourselves on any of those sides. Yeah. And yet, how much of it is actually true? So it, it goes to show you that the the standard that we measure ourselves against is what's wrong. You know, I think when you live by the spirit and let the spirit guide you then then i don't really have to hold myself up to those preconceived definitions that you know that the world does give you but i i would bet there's a lot of people that feel just like your friend does you know and so there so he is he's he's bound he's he's not enabled to live in in total freedom based on that so what if he was listening right now what would we say to him and I hope he's listening right now. <laughs> that that you're not who the world tells you that you are. Yeah. That that yeah. that you have, you know, you have worth beyond what they're saying. I think yeah. it's first, and and I think that's really important. Of why, you know, again, we're told to to lift one another up, to sharpen each other, to continue to speak truth into each other, is yeah. because yeah. all the lies that are around us, all the lies that are taking hold of us. And if we, it, when we get in again to our church years, we'll see in Hebrews 10 that that really is the major reason for us not to forsake the gathering together because you come together and you encourage one another. You, when you're out there in the world, you get 
slammed by all these things. I need to, I need a safe place with like-minded people to be encouraged, you know, and, and to remind me that I'm free when I maybe forgot it. Um, and, and sometimes freedom's uncomfortable because you look at someone who's not free. I, I remember when my son was little, we'd play games and I'd always, I'd always let him win. And I realized I didn't teach him anything because I hated to see his face when he lost, you know, and sometimes people are like that in their freedom because I'm free. You almost feel you, you have a sense of feeling guilty for your freedom uh, when you're around people who aren't free and they're angry because you do have that freedom. You talked on that. And it's really what it's really a jealousness. Like the legalists, they, they get mad because you could have a beer because they really want one. And so they're going to shame you because you do <laughs> so we can both feel the pain. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a convoluted system that we live in right now. And I think the, the tone of inside the church and outside the church is not to experience freedom. And I'm, I'm hoping what you get from this podcast is that a, you're free in Christ and B you, you have the choice to activate it and live in it or not. So those are a lot of the ways that we feel bound, right? So uh, what are some things that, that can make us feel free? What are some things that we can hang our hat on when it comes to freedom? You know, I was, uh, as we had our list of what to prepare for future podcasts, I was going through a lot of old notes and I ran across some and I, and I could tell by the scribbles that maybe some of these uh, bold lines were notes I took and the rest were like uh, commentaries by me. But it was based on the story in John 11, when uh, Jesus goes to uh, the tomb of Martha and Mary's brother and Lazarus was dead and, and the Bible says he was bound. And sometimes we feel that way. You can almost feel dead in your faith. And there's, there's a couple of things that you get from that story. When Jesus said, Lazarus come forth. The one thing Jesus didn't say is, Hey, everybody cover your face. Cause this guy's going to stink. Now his sister said that, the only time I like to quote the King James, she said, Lord, he stinketh. I just think that word is really cool. That's the only time I quote King James. Uh, so the the point is Jesus not Jesus isn't offended by your mess ups, by your failures, because he already knows the truth that you're free. And then then he says uh, his voice is, is the thing that activates. And I think for me, when I feel a lack of freedom, I, I really try to get back into scripture and hear his voice because his voice is what sets us free. You know, he heard Lazarus heard his voice and it reminded him of the freedom. And again, back to your point of gathering together with like-minded people where you like-minded people who resonate the voice of Christ, it, it brings me freedom. Uh, then the, the, the interesting thing is he said, Lazarus come out. And I use this with a lot of clients too. Jesus could have went in. He could have went in touched him, spit on him like he did other people, stick a finger in the ear, whatever, give him a noogie, whatever he used to do. But he said, uh, Lazarus, come out, because I think real freedom happens on the outside. Most of us want to say, I'll get all free and get right, then I'll come out. And I think people who tell their story, in fact, we have a mutual friend that we're trying to get on a podcast, who's really been going through a hard time. And I think their story, they've been out with their story, and that them coming out of their bondage and, and showing the wraps that have been around them. It, it might be embarrassing initially, but it's so powerful to everybody that sees that. And I think one of the truths of freedom is really freedom 
happens on the outside of the tomb, not so much on the inside. And that's where it takes a little bit of courage. And, and I, I think the last part that I'd like, it, it's why what we always seem to talk about, uh, that Jesus saw him standing there wrapped in his in his burial cloth. And then he looks to the crowd around him and, they, and he says, hey, go, go take off his bandages. Now, what we do know is Jesus could have blinked or said bandages fall to the ground and they could have. But he asked people to partner in people's freedom. And I think that's why it's important either in a small group or be around like-minded people. Cause I think really freedom doesn't happen alone either. I think when we encourage each other, when we love one another, uh, God asks us to partner with him in helping someone experience their freedom. And so that's that, that thing we always talk about, about, you know, small groups and connection. We, we, we must've said the word relationship a million times all of our podcasts but that's why it's important and so if, if you found, find yourself bound in any way I'd, I'd tell you to hear jesus voice to don't be bashful to come out come out and, and expose this this binding in, in in a place where a those people can run to you and help you take off your clothes and other people who are bound can see your the courage it takes and uh, your real freedom comes when you're outside the tomb and I think with that, you know, what you said there is very much my next point, which is that we should really take that freedom that we embrace, that we love, that we uh, revel in and try to show it to other people. You know, don't don't yeah. just hide it. Don't just keep it, behind, you know, in the tomb, but but bring it out and, and show it to other people and let it rub off on other people. You know, I mean, I, I think within religious circles, there's a lot of people that feel bound by, um, by, by keeping all of the commandments, by keeping all, all mm-hmm. the, you know, the check marks there, um, so to speak, that, that you have to continually check those boxes and continually try to be perfect. And the thing about freedom is it doesn't look for perfection. It looks for, yeah. for Jesus. It looks for, yeah for his forgiveness in your life. It looks for, um, for him putting to death those binding things in our lives. And so living in freedom is not about checking off the boxes. Yes. Following God and his example is, is part of freedom and it's part of living for Christ. But at the same time, uh, the thing about freedom is freedom is about the fact that Jesus took those binding agents and removed them from your life. Correct. They yeah. took that death, that sin and removed it from your life. So with that, you can show people and you can have that freedom rub off on people that are in religious circles that are bound by all these rules and regulations yeah. and, and, and not this Gives relationship them hope too. Gives them hope. And to people who aren't in the religious circles who have no idea what Jesus has done for them. You can show them yeah, how, how a Christ follower lives in that freedom. So I think it's important that we do that. I think it's important that we we show that to people and we let it rub off rub off on and them. It's the word that we throw around a lot, especially in this culture. It's about being transparent. So if I wait till I get clean in the tomb to walk out, that's not really transparent. But when I walk outside and show my I'm bound by, you know, dead stinky wraps, I think that means something. And and as you said, people are, are encouraged by that. I was just reading the other day that uh I forgot the guy who broke the, the three minute mile or the four minute mile. Um, 
doggone it. Oh, I can't remember his name, but to that time, no one had ever done it. He was the first man to break the four minute mile. And as they talked about it, and he was on doing an interview within that next year, in the next 12 months, 15 people broke the four minute mile. They got hope from the fact that he did it. And I think when we uh, not only transparent about our, our sin or binding that we're in, but we're transparent in how Jesus freed us from that. That's where, that's where we give, we, we allow God to use us as an agent of hope for someone else. It's almost showing your scars, not your wounds, but your yeah. scars, the things that yeah. have been healed, right? Yeah. Cause that's what a scar is. It's, it's the healing of that yeah. wound. And so when you're no showing, no one wants to look at your gaping flesh, but they love to see that it could heal up. Yeah. So no one wants to see your sin. They want to see you healed from it. They want to see yeah. you freed from it. And so, yeah, that that's exactly what we need to show people is how we have, how we have grown past that, how we have yeah. been healed from it and how we move beyond it. And, and what you just described there is something we've talked about since podcast number one is what we what we call reframing it. So my life is not going to be uh, predicated on all my failures and sins. I'll look back and say every one of these that God brought me through shows what freedom looks like by the power uh, of the Spirit of God. And so I, I wish I wouldn't have went through those. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said this. But because I did and God set me free, everyone who sees that has hope, I think. Yeah. And so we hope that you can do that this week. We hope that you can um, you can begin to understand how to live in freedom, how you can understand how to stop maybe living off of the check marks of making sure everything's perfect, but instead mm -hmm. living in the fact that Christ has set you free. The Bible mm -hmm. says if, if the Lord has set you free, you are free indeed. And so we hope that you can live in that freedom, that you can understand how to live in it better, how you can revel in it. I mean, you know, we're all not perfect and, and I continue to bind myself with the old and we need to start continue to put to death the old when it creeps its yep. head up out of the grave. And we need yep. to continue to um, to move past that old stuff that's in our lives and start embracing the freedom that Christ gives us, that, that freedom from those chains and, and those things that he's put to death, we need to put to death mm -hmm. too. And as we revel in that, as we learn to live in that, as we learn that we don't have to be perfect anymore and that freedom comes from living with Christ and following his example, um, showing other people how he has healed those wounds and how he has moved us past those things and through those things so that they can hopefully live in that way too. So we hope that we all can do that. I'm yeah. hoping that I can do that. Um, because I've been feeling that of late and uh, <laughs> I just hope that um, we can all grow more in that way and begin living our lives the way that God uh, lets us live it. And with that, that we can start becoming the people that he wants us to become and doing the things that he wants us to do and not be bound by yeah. those chains anymore. So we hope that we can all do that. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you're going through something like that. If you have gone through something like that, um, you can always uh, get with us on social media, send us a direct message, send us um, an email. Um, you can find us on any of the social media platforms. Um, rppodcast.com has all of our social networking platforms along with all of our old 
previous uh, podcast that we referenced in in this podcast. You can look those up and listen to those. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to uh, ha- have you become a part of the conversation. And we're so glad that you're here, and uh, hopefully uh, we all get a lot out of this and and move on from the bondage and embrace the freedom. So thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.